Hey guys, welcome to episode four of the Dan Everett podcast. Uh, it's my first week back at work this week after being married and I've been off for the last four weeks or so. So I got back into the office on Monday and had almost 100 emails. And, and I'm sure that's nothing compared to some other people. But today I wanted to talk to you guys about 10 rules of email. How do you deal with your emails? Uh, Craig Rochelle said, we have to make sure technology is enhancing our relationships, not replacing them. We need to make sure our ability to communicate doesn't cause us to talk more while actually saying less. You know what, methods of communication is constantly evolving and we need to make sure that we're communicating uh, well through technology and it's benefiting our relationships, it's making us have a more productive uh, work environment and all around be better. So whether you love them or hate them, emails are here to stay. They're really a universally accepted method of communicating. Everyone has emails. I have emails, you have emails. The problem with them is that far too often they actually take away from our work uh, rather than adding to our work. So here are 10 practical rules of emails that I found helpful. And if you choose to follow them, then hopefully you'll find emails becoming a little less overwhelming and actually become a tool to use rather than a pain in the backside. Okay, 10 rules of emails. The first one, ask yourself, should I communicate this with an email? You know, everything that you think doesn't need to be said or emailed to someone. Uh, there are also other ways to communicate with someone. So first of all, ask yourself, should I communicate this with an email? If you become anxious waiting on a reply to your email or you need an urgent answer, it's probably best to use a different form of communication. Give the person you want to talk to a call, speak to them face-to-face, -face, set up a meeting. Uh, you know, this way you'll get an immediate response. And especially when you are feeling angry, upset, emotional, or you're not sure you should send something in the moment, then write a draft email, leave it for a few hours or even overnight, and then in the morning, if you still want to send it, then hit send. Give yourself a little bit of breathing space. So first of all, ask yourself, should I communicate this with an email? Secondly, allow appropriate response time. The person that you're typing out an email to is not just sitting there waiting to receive your extremely important email, and I'm sure it is. They have a job to do themselves and they have a life to live. Something's wrong if we expect instant responses to our emails, unless it's our organization's policy, obviously. So if you require an urgent answer, then give the person a call or text message. These are generally a higher success rate, rating and getting a reply anyway. Um, of course, you don't want to be waiting for weeks to get a reply to your email. So how about having a, a standard 24 to 48 hour response time? I think that's reasonable. Maybe on day three, you want to follow up with a different means of contact to them. Maybe text or WhatsApp or when you see them in the office. Third of all, keep it short. I read enough emails during my time studying higher English at school. If I get an inbox full of long emails, I will not have any motivation to reply to you or anyone else. So keep emails as short as possible, covering the essential details briefly. And if there's a lot of information or material to cover in an email, consider using bullet points, arrange a meeting or make that phone call. So keep it short and keep it sweet. Number four. Have you ever received a text or an email when you're in a bad mood and totally misinterpreted it? I know I have. So when you're crafting an email, take into consideration how would someone who's receiving this read it? How well do you know them? 
Could what you've written down be taken a different way to how you've meant it? When writing emails, err on the side of being more positive rather than negative. So keep it sweet. Number five, don't write what you don't want shared. My philosophy when I'm writing emails or communication is that if I want something to be totally private, the only way to guarantee that now is to keep it off the internet. Maybe I'm just being skeptic. You know, a good rule is if you don't want something shared, then don't put it in an email. You know, emails can be forwarded, they can, you can take a screenshot of it very easily. So if you need to discuss something really highly confidential, then do it in person or on a phone call. So don't write what you don't want shared. Number six, be specific. The likelihood of your email arriving into an inbox that's already full of dozens of other emails requesting answers is high. Therefore, make it easier and more efficient for the recipient of your email to process it by having a clear and specific subject. Keep your email to one topic of conversation at a time. That helps it to maintain its purpose and you'll get a quicker response that way as well. Be specific. Number seven. This is one of my frustrations. Indicate, indicate the action required. Do you want a reply to your email or are you just giving them some information? Do you want them to do something for you? Do you want their opinion on something? If you're looking for a response from someone, let them know as specifically as possible what you'd like them to do. Writing an email and then summing up the email with, let me know your thoughts. That's putting a lot more work on them to, to come up with all their own thoughts. It's quite a generalization. What would you specifically like their opinion on? If you're trying to arrange a meeting, then suggest a time and place to meet. If you leave it too general, such as let me know when you're free, this makes the other person have to work harder to get back to you. So whatever you're looking for, make it as easy as possible for the recipient to respond to your email. And then having the action indicated towards the start of the email will also prepare the recipient to make a response quickly once they've read the email, rather than processing lots of information in your email and then getting to the action right at the end. Hopefully they've made it that far. So indicate the action required. Number eight, never reply all unless necessary or requested. Well, that's self-explanatory. Unless the information you're sending is necessary for all the recipients, then there is no need to reply all to an email. When replying to a group email, only select those that need the reply. Otherwise, you end up piling up the emails in many people's inboxes and they don't even need to read them. The problem with this is that the more unnecessary emails you send to someone, the more likely they're going to ignore the important ones you'll send them in the future. So don't reply all, please. Number nine, proofread your email. I don't know how many times I've sent an email only for an, I get a reply that says, did you attach the attachment? Did you send it? So many times I've forgotten. So if you're sending an attachment, double check you've attached it. Double check your spelling. Double check who you're sending it to. You don't want to send the wrong email to the wrong people. So if you're unsure an email makes sense, then ask a colleague or a friend to read it over for you. And finally, number 10, set boundaries on communication. If you are constantly connected to your emails for work, you need some downtime. I don't have my work emails on my phone. I'm so glad because I probably lack the self-control to not look at them all the time. I'd be constantly checking what's coming in. I'm a bit of a people pleaser. And I also feel really important when someone emails me, even if it's about nothing in particular. 
It makes me feel like I'm being productive, wanted, and I'm the center of the world. I read recently that it takes your mind half an hour to recover after looking at an email on a day off. After re reading a work-related email, my mind goes off in a hundred different directions. I'm already planning my response, who I need to contact, what I need to do, what I need to get other people to do. So why is the person that even emailed me in the first place and why they're wrong in six different ways? What a way to spend a day off. So protect your time, have boundaries in place. Remember, you can work hard, but also remember to rest well. Your emails will be sitting there on Monday morning after the weekend when you get back. There you go, that's 10 rules for emails. First of all, ask yourself, should I communicate this with an email? Allow appropriate response time. Keep it short, keep it sweet. Don't write what you don't want shared. Be specific. Indicate the action required. Never reply all unless necessary or requested. Proofread your email and set boundaries on communication. So that's my thoughts, that's my rules. Drop me a comment or a message. What other rules do you have for working with emails? What helps you be productive with them? Thanks for listening and I'd love it if you're able to share this with your friends. Leave a review on iTunes, hit subscribe in your podcast player to keep up to date with all the latest episodes. I'd love to connect so you can find me on Instagram and Twitter with the username at DanEverett90. That's all for now. See you soon, guys.